Welcome back to the Live Revised Podcast. My name is Christy Browning and I am your host. For those of you who have come across this podcast through finding it from a friend or having it shared to you through some sort of social media platform, let me just say welcome. I'm a motivational and inspirational speaker, author, and coach. And each week we bring you an episode here on this podcast channel that is aimed at encouraging, empowering, and inspiring you to make a change in your life, whatever that might be for you. We talk about it all. And today we're going to talk about embracing the scars that we get from life. So hang tight and we'll dig in. Well, we're just about a year and not quite a month. So we're about 12 months and a couple weeks from a car accident that my husband and I experienced last January. We were in our little town uh, in Northeast Indiana, had had dinner at this little mom and pop shop uh, and was heading across town to do some shopping. And it was in the evening, um, pretty clear night, but still dark. And as we were going through town, um, we were going through an intersection where there's a red light and oncoming traffic. Um, There was a car that turned in front of us and we were unable to avoid them. They turned uh, when it wasn't their turn to turn and we hit them. They hit us. It was a collision. And thankfully, we were only going about 35 miles an hour because we were in town. The speed limit's pretty, pretty, pretty slow there. But regardless of that, I sustained some injuries from the accident. I ended up going to the emergency room and getting 20 some odd stitches in my forehead. I have a gash that runs between my eyebrows kind of in an arc up to my hairline and of course bumps and bruises and all of that. And it could have been really I could have been a lot worse. And so I talk about it, but I don't want to um, overplay or oversell the fact that it really wasn't all that bad. It could have been a lot worse. People have definitely sustained worse injuries or, you know, awful situations because of car accidents. But it's really the first thing like that that I've ever been in. And it's funny because you think that you're going to do well in those situations. You think, oh, you know, if I'm in a life and death situation, I know how I'll respond. I'm kind of one of those weird people that thinks about that. (laughs) It's things like if I, you know, I'm in a car accident or a house fire, or there's some sort of other like scary situation. And this is how I'm going to respond. This is the things I'm going to do and say. And uh, I thought that I would have everything under control at the car accident scene. Um, thankfully my husband was with me and was driving and, um, he's the one that, uh, got out of the car and kind of controlled the scene until, uh, emergency professionals came, but thank goodness, because I was definitely in no capacity. One, I was banged up and bleeding from the head. You know, if you get a head wound, they just bleed like crazy. And so I had that going for me. And it was funny because as I was sitting there waiting for the emergency uh, vehicles to show up and the ambulance and all of that, um, weird things run through your mind in that moment. I don't know if it's because you, you know, you're in an accident and you've probably banged your head and sloshed your brain around, or if, you know, it's just the weird train of thought that runs through your head in a time of crisis. But all I could think in that moment was to, two things, was to one, pray the Lord's Prayer, which is so crazy because um, that's not, I mean, I know that prayer from the Bible and definitely have studied that and I know it, but that's not like something I would have repeated like a lot in my life. So I have no idea why that is where I went, but 
it was. And then <laughs> the other thing was since we were just going to be in town and uh, we were just, you know, going to go grab something to eat and hit Walmart. And I was with my husband. I didn't bring anything with me. I didn't have my wallet, didn't have my purse. I had no ID, anything like that. And I, for some reason, just kept thinking if I pass out, because I didn't know how bad my injuries were. If I pass out and I go to the emergency room, will they even let Matt um, like be involved? Because they don't know who he is. And I don't have any ID to say that I even carried the same last name that he does. So like, how would, how is this going to work? And at the time of the car accident, I was working for a law firm, an estate planning law firm where we deal with powers of attorney all the time. And I knew that in my state, when it came to the healthcare power of attorney, the person who would make your healthcare decisions, if you are unable, you can um, verbally designate somebody as your healthcare power of attorney. So every emergency professional that came into my space at that scene got told that Matt was my husband and that he was my healthcare power of attorney. That was like the first things out of my mouth. For whatever reason, that fear of passing out and not having him there to take care of me just was the most forefront thing on my brain. And so that's what I would tell them all. So I told them all while they climbed in the car with me, checked me out while they put me on a gurney, when they put me in the ambulance, when we got to the emergency room, I probably said it a dozen times. I just wanted to be sure that I was covered after it was all said and done. And we were getting ready to be released from the hospital. Uh, they had taken my, you know, your clothes off when you go into the emergency room, they put you in a gown and the top that I was wearing was a logo shirt from the law office. And the lady was bagging up, um, my clothes. And she was like, Oh, uh, this kind of explains the need to continue to declare healthcare power of attorney. She's like, you either are an attorney or you definitely work for one. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So, you know, you are a product of your environment, I guess. And at that time, that was what my life was really focused on was being at the law office. So it made sense to me in that moment to, you know, keep telling them who my power of attorney was, but crazy things happen, right? And I knew that I could have been hurt worse. I knew that, you know, I should be very thankful that it didn't happen to break any bones. I mean, that was a miracle in and of itself. I just had bumps, bumps and bruises. Um, I still have bruises to this day, actually, that have not quite yet healed. Um, and so they gave me the stitches, uh, and we go home. And the next day, I still felt really great. Everyone kept trying to warn me that I was going to feel really stiff and sore and have all of this residual pain from the accident. I really didn't have any of that. Um, but I did have black eyes and swelling in my face that I was the most miserable experience. Like I couldn't keep my eyes open because there was so much swelling in my eyes from sustaining that head injury. Um, the black eyes stayed around forever. I didn't think they would ever go away. I mean, like a week and a half, at least I had them. Uh, but you know, then I have this nasty scar that's pretty scary looking, uh, from the stitches. And I, I knew it was going to be a rough, you know, a couple of days, I knew that I was not going to be ready to enter any beauty contest with black eyes and swollen face and this nasty scar. But I assumed that everything would heal. And about a week after the accident, they had me come back to the emergency room to have the stitches taken out. Um, and if you've ever had any stitching in your face, um, they, they say, at least this is what I was told, that they don't want to keep them in there any longer than they have to because it causes more scarring. And so 
a week later, I'm there to take the stitches out. And I, I knew while I had the stitches that it was going to be rough. It was going to look rough, but I assumed that when the stitches came out, you know, miraculously that scar was going to be pretty much non-existent. That's what I had in my head. And so when I came home from having them out and the scar was still there, I was disappointed to say the least. And, you know, I thought, man, why couldn't I have gotten this cut like on the side of my face? Like, why is it smack dab right in the middle of my forehead? So annoying, so frustrating. And as someone who's um, a visible personality from being on stage and doing recording, um, doing videos, you know, to have something that's right across your forehead, you're just like, really? Of all the places, right? <laughs> um but I just assumed that it would look a lot better and it would heal a lot better, uh, you know, during that week's time. But I still had swelling, of course, the black eyes and then the scar still there, too. And it was a slow healing process. And I am not one to be super patient with that stuff. So it was very it was a very trying experience. But I still had one more hope. I had hope that a plastic surgeon was going to sort of fix this scar thing. And uh, so my. Uh, I had gotten some referrals of where to go to have a consultation. And I went and met with the nicest plastic surgeon. He was so kind and so patient to explain things to me. <laughs> but I went expecting him to say, we will do whatever they do, their plastic surgery magic, and get that scar off your face. That's really what I expected. I truly expected that that's going to be what we're going to talk about. And so I'm sitting there waiting for him and he comes in the room, he sits on a little stool and he rolls up real, real close to me so he can see the scar up close. And he looks at it and he kind of examines the whole situation. And then he looks at me and he grabs my hands and he says, what is your expectation for me and the scar? What is it that you ex would like for me to do? And I just thought, what a dumb question. <laughs> I'm obviously here because I want you to make it go away. And that's how I responded, uh, to make it go away. And he kind of chuckled and he's like, no, that's not what we do. That's not how it works. And he began to explain to me what my options were, none of which sounded all that great. They all sounded very scary and more surgery and the possibility of having some longer, uh, long-term effects of the surgery Whereas right now, just having the scar, I still have all sensation in my forehead. I still have uh, muscle control. You know, all that good stuff is still happening. So choosing to have more surgery would mean possibly that that would be diminished. So I thought, ugh, I don't think I want to do any of that. And I jokingly told him, I said, this is a plastic surgeon's office. I just thought you would use, I don't know, some plastic. <laughs> like, fill that in, cover it up, make it go away. And I kind of chuckled as I was telling him my expectations and he was laughing, but, but they were for real, my expectations. I really anticipated that he would do something to make it go away. And so I left the office, um, pretty much being told there wasn't anything they could do and left, got in the elevator to ride down back to the main floor to go home. And I just cried. It was like my last hope of making this ugly scar go away. And I've not been one in the past to be super image conscious um, to where like the way I look or how I dress or my body shape has ever been any issue for me. I it truly never really has been an issue. But now all of a sudden, the scar made me very self-conscious, made me very um, 
cognizant of the fact that I look weird, you know, and I wanted whatever I could do to cover it up. Uh, so the, the disappointing visit to the, to the plastic surgeon made me go home in tears. And I was so crushed because it was finally real to me that I was stuck with the scar. It wasn't too long after that. I'd gone to see my hairdresser for, you know, regular trim and cut and color and all that jazz. And she said, is there anything that you want to do different with your hair this time? And I said, yes, I would like bangs, bangs all the way across my forehead you know, bangs. And she just kind of looked at me like, okay. And she's like, Christy, I don't really think that's going to be a good style for you. Now, if you don't know me personally or have not seen me physically, I have naturally curly hair. I've never had bangs ever like lay down straight flat bangs because my hair is naturally curly. And to make it look like that would mean the rest of my hair would have to be straight. And it just would not be a natural look for me, which is the point she was trying to make. And I wanted like those heavy bangs that you get in elementary school, <laughs> the ones that go all the way across your forehead and cover all parts of your forehead. And she's kind of chuckled and she's like, Christy, I don't really think that's going to be a right style for you. Um, why all of a sudden is this what you want? And I didn't really say anything for a second. And she said, is it because of your scar? And I was like, yes, I just want bangs to cover it up. And she said, Christy, just embrace the scar. Don't get the bangs. And that statement, while she said it kind of flippantly and encouraging to say, hey, just like we're not going to give you bangs, it changed my perspective on this entire car accident process. What she was inevitably telling me was that I needed to just accept that there's a scar on my forehead. And I've had so many people since the accident comment about how good the scar looks, that it's healing well, and that over time it will be minimized. And I have to admit, a year later sitting here, it definitely looks a whole lot better than it did a year ago. And I can see that it's going to continue to diminish little by little over time. But that statement of just embrace the scar was life-changing in that moment. At the time when I went to see her, I was getting ready to speak my first TED talk. I was going to be on um, the TED stage, and I knew that the way I looked and the thoughts I put into my outfit and the planning I did for my hair was going to be kind of important because not only was it a big prestigious stage and an honor to be asked to give a TED talk, but it was also going to be recorded and put on YouTube's, uh, on Ted's YouTube channel and obviously, you know, there for the masses to see. And so I was putting a little bit of pressure on myself, I think, to physically look a certain way. And this was, you know, March time. Our TED Talk was in April and we're only a couple of months out from the car accident. So there was still quite a bit of healing that needed to happen. In fact, when I submitted my video to Ted, um, part of the selection process is, is sending in a video that's kind of a, a little bit of a pitch about your talk. I still had very black eyes and I had to explain in my message to them why they were going to open this video and see this black eyed person giving their Ted talk. So it was still very recent, you know, in this very important time of my calendar for 2019. So her comment to just embrace the scar, like I said, not really what I wanted to hear, but it definitely changed 
my perspective. And it made me think that how many times do we have scars? And by scars, they can be things that you see physically on your body, but maybe it's more like scars in your heart, scars in your mental health, in your in your thought process, in your relationships. And all we want to do is cover them up. All we want to do is find uh, the right product or the right hairstyle to cover it up to where it's not seen, to where when we meet people on the street and they see us, it looks like we are polished and perfect and things are all together and nothing's broken and nothing's beat up or bruised or dinged or discounted. But the reality is, is that our scars are there. We all have them. And the beauty of them is that they represent lessons. They represent growth. They represent our journey. And to dismiss them means to dismiss all of that. There was an article that I saw come out. It was uh, an article that someone published in response to a comment that was received through digital means, I'm sure, about a photo session that was done. And the photo session was one that was um, done by a professional photographer who did a um, kind of like a a glamour shot, if you remember those from back in the day, (laughs) a glamour shot of this woman, this grown woman. It was like her 40th birthday and she wanted to go do something for herself. And so she went and had this photo session done. And so she's all beautiful and in, uh, you know, hair and makeup and outfits. And, and, uh, that was going to be kind of a, a gift for her, but in return, a gift for her husband. And so, uh, he receives the photos as a gift and, and loves them. And he says that they're beautiful and she is beautiful, but his comment to the photographer was that he wished she would have left them natural because of course in a photographer's world, um, touch-ups and tweaks of that photo happen after the photo is taken to increase the light and change the color or, you know, smooth out some pieces of the person that they're, they're photographing. And he said, I wish you would have left it real because in the process of touching up the photo, you removed the scar on her chin from when we went on our, our honeymoon and she cut herself. You removed the stretch marks from where she gave birth to our kids. And he like recounts all of these things that he knows that are on his wife's body and that represent part of their life together. And in the, in the appearance of making a beautiful photo, the photographer removed or minimized those. And it made me stop and think, and his point in writing all that was, you know, the things that we have, our scars, our bruises, our marks, our bumps, all of them represent a part of our life. And to someone, it's beautiful. And if we could stop and recognize the beauty in that, then we would begin to appreciate what we see when we stand in front of the mirror or we look inside of ourselves. And so sometimes we need to be told to just accept the scar. I think it's also really powerful when I see the scar on my face. It reminds me of a couple things. One, to always wear your seatbelt when you get in the car. (laughs) Two, that I could have been in a lot worse situation. And so it makes me thankful in that moment that somebody was watching out for me and kept me protected. I think it's important to remember where we come from when we have those scars, not that we have to relive the trauma or that we have to beat ourselves up for having those scars, but to remember we were preserved from whatever that was that gave us the scar, whether that's a broken relationship or 
we suffered, you know, a financial bump in the road, or we sustained an injury to our heart. Uh, all of those things stand as a testimony that you didn't die in that moment, it meant mentally, emotionally, physically. You rose up above that. You came out of those ashes. You lived for another day, for another purpose. And we need to remember that we have some sustainability. While it may not be a perfect journey, we are living it day by day. We get to have a new day the next day. And so all of those things that we want to dismiss remind us that we have a lot to be thankful for. And we also have a lot to testify to of how our strength and perseverance has won out to this point. I've learned how to take the scar on my head and own it as a badge of honor. Uh, People don't really even notice the scar now if they're meeting me for the first time or if they haven't seen me in a while. And I will say um, some good foundation and cover up (laughs) always does a really good trick when it comes to that stuff. But regardless, um, it's kind of a badge of honor. And I've looked at it to be this sort of statement that I'm tough girl. You know, I, I either have a really hard head or (laughs) just physically a perseverer, uh, because I sustained that injury and here I am, here I am today. And it's a badge of honor. The thing that's interesting to me in the process of this whole car accident is that it did take a long time to heal. And I wanted to rush that so badly but I wanted to rush the whole process, actually. When we were in the emergency room and the, the doctor, the it's actually a physician's assistant that put the stitches in for me in the emergency room. He said, you know, I'm going to put in a, more stitches uh, because I want this to heal in the best way possible. And so it's going to take a little bit of time. And it seemed to take an eternity. And I didn't like it. And I was still in the shock and trauma of the whole scene. And I just wanted him to be done. And he kept saying, if you'll just be patient, you know, this will be worth it. And we don't want to be patient. We don't. We want to rush through the healing process. I wanted to rush through the healing process after, you know, uh, those stitches came out when I wanted the swelling to go away and it just would not go away any faster. I wanted the black eyes to disappear and they were not going away any faster. I wanted to rush that healing process. And we want to do the same thing when it comes to the scars in our life. Whether we want to heal after the loss of a child or a loved one, we want to you know, heal quickly after a divorce or a financial issue. We want to heal after we've been hurt or rejected. But sometimes we need to just sit in the healing process and not rush it. Because while we think that getting through and getting on with our life is going to be what's best for us, sometimes the healing process even though it's slower than we want, and sometimes it's a lot more painful than we want, it brings the best results for the future. It may take us a little while to see that, but in truth, we know that sometimes we need to just sit and heal. It's safe to say that I didn't do any photo shoots or grace any magazine covers uh, (laughs) while I was healing from black eyes, swollen face, and nasty scar. Uh, But, you know, the truth is that I've never been asked to do a professional photo shoot or have a magazine spread before the scar came anyway. So uh, it didn't matter. But I needed to be okay with the healing process and to let it take its time, even though I wanted it to move faster. And the end result was that I I walked away with 
a scar that is minimal considering <laughs> where I came from. The other thing that I realized in the car accident is that there are residual effects from that experience. While the head trauma and the scar and the facial bumps and bruises were kind of what gained everyone's immediate attention. There were bumps and bruises on other parts of my body that no one could see on my legs, um, mainly. And then I had some bumps and bruises kind of on my hip and my side of my body. And most of them were covered up by clothing. So you didn't really see that swelling or those bruises. But here we are a year and so many weeks out from that accident. And I still have those bruises. Um, they're not nearly as prominent as they were, obviously, a year ago, but they're still there. And sometimes there are lingering effects from the things that cause us pain or struggle, the things that may be traumatic for us. The scars that we're left with are one thing, but then there's these residual things, these residual um, effects. And it may be a memory that we struggle with. It may be um, seeing someone in our life that hurt us, um, you know, to see them on the street causes a stroke of fear or anxiety. Maybe it's um, having this residual uh, memory of not having enough money, of losing your home, of struggling financially, um, the residual memory of abuse that impacts your relationships now, whatever it is, it's never just one and done. It's never just, I have this issue, it's now a scar, and now I'm over it. Because there are kind of these lingering things that continue to show their face or to raise their head and remind us of that, you know, we went through this. And as much as we want to push those away and throw a pretty rug over it and act like that that's not there or, you know, put on the right clothes or the right makeup or say the right things to, to look like we have it all together, deep down we have to not only embrace the scar, but embrace the residual effects of that. Now, this isn't to encourage you to stay in your pity party or to feel victimized for the rest of your life, but it is meant to remind you that it's okay that if those things creep up and they bring you back to that place and that moment in time, it's okay. You're not a loser. You haven't lost. There's not something wrong with you. You're just human. And every now and then, we're going to be reminded of the journey we've taken. The trick is when we have those memories come back, it's important for us to take the good and leave the bad. My dad used to tell me in all things to keep the meat and toss the bones. Take what's good, toss what's bad. Remember the lessons you've learned in those hard moments. Remember that you did win. You did persevere. You did survive. That you're not a victim. That you're not held bondage to that. It may have shaded your perspective in my case, my accident shaded literally my body, but it doesn't shackle you to that label, that definition. You're not held back by that. And you're not meant to live in the pit. You're meant to live in the palace. And so while you may walk past the pit, you may see the pit, you just keep on going and take your place in the palace. We go through things. We experience hard times. We have trauma. We have accidents. We get beat up, we get bruises, we get bumps, and yeah, we get scars. But it's never meant for us to just stay in that moment. It's meant for us to embrace it, use it as a teaching lesson, use it 
as a badge of honor, use it as empowerment and encourage your steps to move forward because you're not done yet. I'm not done yet. That was the case. I didn't have to just sustain a head injury in that car accident. I could have been gone from this world, but for some reason I'm here and I believe it's to encourage, empower, and inspire you who are listening. Whatever your purpose is today, I want you to be encouraged to live it out. Bruises and scars and all, just be you. And someone's going to find hope and beauty and encouragement in your scars. So don't hide, friend. Embrace the scar. Be who you are. And in all things, look for a way to live differently today than you did yesterday. Well, to all of you fans and followers, I just want to say thank you so much for showing up here each week and checking out the latest and greatest podcast episode as it comes to you on Wednesdays. And so if you've loved this episode or found some encouragement by it, I want to just ask this one teensy tiny favor that you share it with a friend. You can simply tell your friend to check out the Live Revised podcast on all of their favorite podcast platforms. Or you can take a screenshot if you're listening to this episode and post it to your social media channels. I would be forever grateful for you to help me get the word out of this encouraging, empowering, and inspiring channel that's just waiting for you and your friends to keep discovering. I also want to tell you, if you head to the show notes for this particular episode, you can be linked up to this podcast and the show notes on my website. And there you'll find some pictures of the car accident since we did talk about that. And you'll also find some free resources you can download to help continue to encourage, empower, and inspire you to live a revised life. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I can't wait to catch you back here on our next episode.